Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The meditation this morning is based on the lesson read from John chapter 16. When you're, uh, when you're a pastor for a while, you develop these wise sayings. Some of them, of course, are wiser than others. Uh, sometimes when members of my congregation would be struggling, uh, maybe with their past or with uh, anxiety, any of the things that Christians struggle with, <clears throat> I would say this, well, you don't have to be well-adjusted to be saved. Now, I meant that as a comfort. Uh, I think they took it that way most of the time. <clears throat> Here's another one I used to say. Becoming a Christian doesn't mean you get a personality transplant. Uh, a variation on that comes from a friend who says, my problem is that I take myself with me wherever I go. <clears throat> now, I like this one about personality because Sometimes Christians talk, especially when we're being particularly pious, we talk as if a certain kind of personality is better than another kind of personality, and that if our faith was really strong, we'd all be that kind of person. You know what I'm talking about. You'll be confident. You'll be passionate. Don't get me started. And, well, joyful. Now, there's a lot going on here in John, chapters 14 through 17. We can't even touch on everything that Jesus said in the few verses we heard. But I do want to focus on the way that Jesus speaks of a sequence, of a this and then that. He says, in a little while this, again, in a little while that. And even more to the point, listen to verse 20 again. <clears throat> Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. And then after this powerful illustration of a woman in labor, childbirth, and the joy that follows, Jesus says in verse 22, so also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. And I thought, really? I mean, there are lots of days when I have not been particularly joyful, and I suspect that that was true also of the apostles who first heard Jesus speak that night. So is Jesus talking about being a certain kind of person and that we should all try to be joyful all the time? What can he mean? I'd like to spend a few minutes then talking about what these words meant a long time ago to those men as Jesus spoke them in the upper room. And then we'll move quickly to get up to where we are today. But I do have a summary, that is to say I have a theme that I offer to you and I want you to remember, and here it is. Easter turns sorrow into joy. Easter turns sorrow into joy. 
Now, of course, the original disciples didn't get it. Jesus even says in verse 12, I have many things to say, but you can't bear them now. And then as you look at these chapters, it starts at the end of 13, runs all the way through his prayer in chapter 17. There's a lot of things for them that were hard even for us to understand on this side of Easter. But this much at least is clear that Jesus is talking to them about his coming suffering and death and about his coming resurrection from death, his return from death. And Jesus says, you will weep. And that's not surprising. Because when Lazarus died, even Jesus wept. You will weep, Jesus says, but the world will rejoice. This is the world that hates God, its maker, this is the world that wants nothing to do with Jesus. There are at least two reasons why the disciples would weep and the world would rejoice long ago. First, neither the disciples nor the world knew what was going to happen in a little while. They didn't get it. They didn't believe it. But second, Jesus' death is a good reason for his disciples to weep. Because, to speak a little obviously, death kills Jesus. The lamb takes the sin of the world on himself, and that sin kills him. And then they don't see him, as Jesus said. They can't see him. Why? Because he's buried in a tomb. He's smothered under sin, and he's dead. And everyone thinks he's dead and gone. We should not criticize the disciples for weeping when Jesus died. If you want to find fault, do it because they didn't believe what was going to happen in a little while. And then Jesus says, your sorrow will turn into joy. Now they had the same personalities, but Easter happened and they saw him again. Easter happened and it turned sorrow into joy. Then they knew. Then they got it. It took them a little while to get it. But they knew that the Good Shepherd has laid down his life for his sheep in order that he might take it up again. They knew that Jesus had laid aside his clothing and become a servant and washed their feet, and then he took up his garments again as Lord and Master. They knew that death had ruled over him for a time, but then the mastery was broken. And three times Jesus said, peace be with you. And on the shore of the lake, they had nothing to offer. They couldn't even catch any fish. But Jesus said, come and have breakfast. And to the greatest traitor of all, to the greatest denier of all, Jesus agreed, yes, Peter, you're right. I know everything. Follow me. Their joy was not manufactured from anything within them. No, John chapter 20, verse 20. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. The joy came from without, from Jesus, risen from the dead. Easter turns sorrow 
into joy. Now, our situation is vastly different from theirs. We know what happened. We're in Easter season. But see, here's the problem. Even though our life is different from theirs, the final Easter has not dawned. Not yet. And so we find ourselves living in a sequence, in a struggle, that is, unless you've given up entirely, you struggle with weeping, with mourning, while the world is rejoicing. And the world does rejoice. The world that hates God and opposed his Christ rejoices when celebrity and money are more important than compassion and wisdom. The world that hates God and opposes his Christ rejoices when comfort is more important than discipleship. The world that hates God and opposed his Christ rejoices when we hide our hatred for others behind a mask of piety and we claim that we're protecting the gospel when we're really just venting our spleen at a brother or sister. The world rejoices when love grows cold and we only talk to the people who agree with us and we refuse, we simply refuse to lay aside our garments and stoop down and serve and wash the feet of others. The world rejoices and we should weep. So where is the joy? Easter. <laughs> Easter turns sorrow into joy. Because you can look for your sins, but you won't find them. You can't see them. The lamb took them into the tomb, and he left them there. And there is joy. You look at a world that seems out of control and then you remember, you remember that death could not hold him. And he is seated at God's right hand. And he is worthy. No one else in all creation. But he is worthy to break the seals and reveal the Father and to rule all things by the word of his power. You feel the world beating against you, bending you over, almost ready to break. And then you remember that Jesus is strong. Jesus has shrugged off death. And he lives, he lives to grant you daily breath. He lives and you will conquer death. Where is the joy? Easter, Easter turns sorrow into joy. 
You know, I was thinking about the liturgy. <clears throat> this always makes Dr. Burris nervous. <clears throat> I was thinking about the Easter greeting. You know, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. And sometimes it seems forced to me, to be very honest. It seems forced. You know, some days I'm not feeling particularly excited or happy. And then the preacher seems to ask me to generate this kind of false enthusiasm, you know? I mean, I might be that way or I might not be, but see, it depends on who you are. It depends on what's going on. But see, that doesn't matter. That's the point. That doesn't matter because it's not about you. It's about Easter. So we're, we're going to do the greeting now. You're going to be so sick of this when you leave. We're going to do it a couple of times. Are you ready? Okay, here's the first go-around. I want you to pretend, if you can't feel, I want you to pretend that you're enthusiastic and happy. Okay, ready? Here we go. Christ has risen! Okay, now I want you to remember when you were weary and when you were just worn out. You might be that way today. Are you ready? Christ is risen. Now I want you to pretend that you're uncertain, maybe a little worried about the future, maybe concerned. Pretend that you're concerned about where God might send you pretty soon <laughs> and what that's going to be like. Oh, wait, uh, some of you don't need to pretend. Are you ready? Christ is risen. Easter turns sorrow into joy in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.